It's Dr. Stu's Podcast at drstuespodcast.com. I'm Brian Whitman with my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbein, the aforementioned Dr. Stu of Dr. Stu's Podcast fame. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Brian. You usually ask me how I'm doing, but you knew better than to ask me how I'm doing today because I'm still under the weather a little bit. It's a negative. If I said, Dr. Stu, how are you doing? N- next thing you're going to hear is negative. It's negative. You you sound like you're getting over the flu or you had the flu or you're... A yeah, couple- I had a very f- weird version of the flu. A lot of people are having some gastrointestinal problems with the flu. I didn't really have that. I had that. I had uh, the cough and it's been still persistent and I get into these coughing fits, but how not- about the aches? nothing comes up, which is good for... You, right. <laughs> sitting, and, and sitting you. across the right. table from me. Well, we do have the Sizzler-style salad shield here, so that works out fine. Did you get the aches? I had the aches. Yes, and, yes. And I had fever a, and aches on last Monday and Tuesday. I had a low-grade fever for a day, too. So Yeah, I missed work for a day and a half, and, and then I you know worked very easy schedules, but I got very lazy and didn't really want to get out of bed much and sort of turned down invitations to do this or that, the other thing, because I just felt like rest was what my body needed. Well, and you, you listen to your body. Before we get uh, beyond the flu stuff, after the flu stuff, we'll ask you about Coachella, and we talked on the last podcast whether about uh, about whether Maddie, Dr. Stu's daughter, should be going to Coachella. Of course, the news is no. We'll find out how that went over when, he, uh, when uh, Father Knows Best here broke the news. I'm going to get a flu shot tomorrow. I've been wrestling for about a month back and forth with some just not feeling well, like it will go away for two and a half weeks, and then it comes back, and I'm down for a day or two. I haven't had a flu shot in probably 15 years. I generally don't like them. They make me feel lethargic the next day. But I figured, you know what? I'm going to try it. I don't want to get sick. What should you pay for a flu shot? You know, the pharmacist gives you a flu shot. Yeah, I, I think they're very inexpensive. I uh, I mean, I don't know what pharmacists charge. Take me. a wing. Uh, take a swing. 20 bucks. 25 Not bad. On the prices, right, you would have won the range. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because yeah, I didn't go over. Unless somebody yeah, bid. you're not allowed to go over it. $21, Bob, unless somebody yes, outbid you, yes. right? 25 bucks for the flu shot. They said either arm, they're not going to hit me in the butt. Yeah, the shot itself probably costs the pharmacist less than a buck. But Is, is that true? But yeah, but, but they need to have profit. They have to make profit somewhere. They're not making it on drugs anymore, so... And it's just influenza in there. It's a little bit of the flu in that shot that you get this flu yeah, season, right? Yeah, it's basically, you should get the inactivated virus, and it's usually mixed in with several different strains of the ones they think are going to be most popular this year. One of them that's in it this year is the H1N1, which is sort of rearing its ugly head again. Ugh. And the scary thing that nobody ever talks about is there are so many flu strains. There are so many, they can't fit them all in the vaccine. So there's a darn good chance you'll get hit with another different strain that just didn't happen to be in the vaccine that you got. That's correct. That's correct. And, you know, I have sort of been anti-vaccine for a long time. We've talked about this. because um, Because of the overwhelming number of vaccines that tend to hit uh, mothers when they are having their newborns in, in the first year of life. And I have some statistics here out of a book that I just wanted to read, and then because then we can evolve into sort of why I've maybe changed after this past week. Is it, <laughs> is it possible, uh, just before you share the info, is it possible Dr. Stu is transitioning from anti-vaccine to pro-vaccine? It's possible that Dr. Stu is going to transition from Completely anti-vaccine, which, you know, I've, I've never been completely anti-vaccine. I should take that back. You know, I think that the polio vaccine, the uh, smallpox vaccine have done marvelous things for the world. But and the I, pediatricians handle What I'm those. against is the overwhelming uh, onslaught of vaccines that you get in very young ages. And it just seems to be that where is it going to end? And we're going to come up with new diseases and new vaccines Already now. Well, let's go for it. And as we do, is there any guarantee that Dr. Stu will no longer refer to Dr. Stu in third person? 
Uh, no, that'll still okay, come out. Okay, right. I, like, I like that from my doctors. I like right, what my doctors right. call uh, themselves yeah. doctors. Oh, and by the way, uh, happy Martin Luther King Day to you. It's all, This is a big holiday for me. I, I, I like this holiday because... I liked what he stood for and what he did. Oh, God so, bless you to, for saying that yeah, to me. Yeah, I wanted Thank to bring you. that up. And, happy, and we could talk about that a little bit later. We're recording on MLK Day. We worked this morning. You're working, of course. And you know what? I think it honors his tradition. It honors all that he stood for to, to get out there and work. Uh, we could get real political about MLK Day. Maybe we will in a short while. But tell me what you know about vaccines. Well, let me first say something that I don't consider doing my podcast with you, Brian, to be work. No, when just I just want you to understand that, and I want you to know that I want you to right. know this. When I just said work, guess what I was referring to? The morning show that I did this morning. Well, you worked, and uh, I didn't work this and morning. And the afternoon show for New York City that I got to do as soon as you and I are done. Yeah, I watched. Trans- they are working me like watched- a rented mule at this place. Yes, you, you are. You understand could- that. Yes. Like a rented mule. They say, oh, we need somebody to do after. Call Whitman. Oh, my God. Call the re- by the way, listeners, the reason Brian is ranting right now is because we're happening to do our show today from the, his Glendale studio, and all his management people are looking in the window, and so he's ranting away. But ultimately, he loves what he does. Oh, and- you know I love it. You know you love it. <laughs> <laughs> this That's, job. You know you love it. Well, I do love this my job. My morning was taken up by watching Transformers 3 on the TV Gosh, what a morning. tough life, really it and was, truly. It was really tough. Oh, what a tough life. Sometimes I don't know how you even trudge forward every day. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. You know, I had never seen that before, and I don't know how I missed it. Because uh, I like uh, it, blockbuster movies okay, like that. If you, um, Are we getting off, tro- <clears throat> off topic? Sidebar. Uh, doctors, oh, yeah. doctors do. Yes. Uh, I've been up since uh, 2.45 a.m. preparing a radio show that I did with two people who don't particularly like me. And uh, then I have to come back and uh, do another afternoon radio show uh, for the great city of New York where I don't live anymore, but I still love. I'm really tired and I'm just working my A off. Uh, you sitting here telling me that you woke up eating your Captain Crunch with uh, Crunch Berries. Cocoa Wa- Krispies, actually. Yeah, even better. <laughs> Watching the Transformers makes me want to pass out. And I don't think you have anything on you to bring me back, smelling salts or something, do you? No, no. Okay, I'm, so, I'm empty-handed Okay, today. So, so let's take it easy on this and let's just talk about the vaccines. All right, okay. Well, let me let me just give you some statistics <laughs> out of the, uh, Jennifer Margulis's great book, The Business of Baby. Forgive me, the actress? No, not that actress. Okay. Is her name Jennifer? Julianne Margulis. That's Julianne Julianne Margulis. Margulis. Right. Yes, it's different. This is Jennifer Margulis, who wrote a book called The Business of Baby, came out last year. And we've I think we mentioned it once earlier in a podcast. But she talks a little bit about how vaccinations save lives. And she she tries to give information about vaccines in the vaccine section, but she doesn't give recommendations to or against. She just wants to put the facts out there. But this is the thing that sort of overwhelmed me. Um, at at uh, Shortly after birth, within two days... A baby receives usually its first inoculation against hepatitis B. Uh, then and who comes in? A nurse comes in, and that's an injection. Yeah, in the, the pediatric nurses come in, and, and they give an injection of that, hepatitis B, and parents are usually told it's necessary. Is that in the butt? It would be in the thigh, usually. Okay, all right. And they don't give uh, really true informed consent. Um, the chance of a baby getting hepatitis when the parents are hepatitis negative is essentially zero. The baby is not going to be doing IV drugs or or uh, sharing uh, dirty needles or, or blood products with anybody. So, or having, you know, it's a sexually transmitted thing. So I don't think these babies are going to be exposed to that, quite honestly. Is this one scenario where you actually understand the medical establishment not giving true informed consent? Because the truth is, we've talked here on the podcast, we're 37 podcasts in, no doubt if you're a regular, you know what informed consent is. It's letting the patient know the good, the bad, the ugly, all uh, related outcomes or, or, uh, or feelings associated with procedures either way. Uh, this is a case where you're dealing with an infant, but to give informed consent to the parent would be appropriate, right? 
Yes, of course. I and mean, you're, you're, I'm being serious. Your informed consent, 100%, 24-7. Yeah, I am. I mean, I, I think everybody, as we've talked about, everybody has their bias, and you can't eliminate all your bias from your consenting process. But certainly giving somebody the reasons to get a hepatitis vaccine, but you have to also give them the reasons not to get the hepatitis vaccine. And I don't think that that's done in most hospitals. I think it's pretty much automatic that the pediatricians recommend it, that the nurses in the hospitals recommend it, and they want to get the baby while they have access to the baby. So within two days, the baby gets its first vaccine. At one to two months, the baby gets a second booster shot of the hepatitis B. And again, at six months, it probably gets another one. Also at two months, a baby receives vaccinations against rotavirus, diphtheria, pertussis, tetanus, uh, hemophilus, influenza, pneumococcal disease, and polio virus. Mm. All right. So you get immunizations against eight different diseases, usually given in several separate shots. They're injected into the fatty tissue of the thigh of a baby um, who's not too young to smile, but still too young to hold his head up. And that's just the beginning. That's what, what she says. And that happens, uh, Dr. Stu, in what span of time, a number of weeks? That's within the first two weeks of life. First two weeks. At four months of age, the American baby receives another round of booster shots against rotavirus, diphtheria, pertussis, tetanus, um, uh, hemophilus influenza, pneumococcal, and polio. Mm. At six months, there's yet another round of shots. Um, by the time the baby is one year old in America, his parents, if his parents choose to follow the CDC guidelines, the Center for Disease Control, he will have received 21 injections against 10 diseases. Whoa. By the time he's 18 months, he will have received as many as 26 injections against 14 diseases. Okay, 26 injections against 14 diseases. By the time he's a year and a half by old. By the time he's a year and a half old. Now, I would, it, I would, I, I, it would dawn on me that reasonable people, re, I'm not a doctor, you're a doctor, reasonable folks would probably say that's too many. Probably most in the medical establishment would say that's too many. Stop me when I've said something incorrect. Uh, you know, I can't answer that because this is the norm. So oh, okay. I, I guess if the if it's the norm, then most people are not saying it's too many. Uh, two arguments. First is maybe half of that would get it done. However, if I've got a newborn baby, and of course, for a million reasons, the sun rises and sets on that brand new baby boy or baby girl, mom and dad, uh, mom and mom, dad and dad, they want that baby to get every possible vaccination it can. Dr. Stewart begs the very question. I'm going to crystallize it. What is the danger? of over-vaccination? Well, no one really knows. Um, there's been reports, and it just depends on whether you believe them or not. Uh, when we get when we talk about the flu vaccine, there has been no data to support any side effect from the flu vaccine. But with all these other vaccines, some of them were mixed with mercury, and that was an issue. And then, you know, there's the Jenny McCarthy followers out there who think that uh, this is all crazy and causing all kinds of autism and that sort of thing, although that's sort of been retracted now. Yeah. But it's but it's so nebulous and so confusing out there. It just, it just reminds me of, uh, Brian, when I was young, mm -hmm. you know, Again, I sound like my dad walking 12 miles of school barefoot uh, uphill both I know ways. you did. You don't have to relive the, the days of pain. I know that you walked to school barefoot. No, my dad did. But I thought you did too. No, You, I you once told me, hey, Brian, you got this fancy microphone. When mm -hmm. I was starting out, I walked to the no, office. No, we had shoes. Oh, we had did. shoes. My parents were able to afford shoes. From uh, Stride Ride? But what I'm saying is, is that we didn't have that many vaccines when we were growing up. I, I didn't either. We were pretty healthy. We, we played outside. We played in the dirt. We got a cold. We got sick. We got better. We got chicken pox. We ate the we dirt. We got mumps. We got you know these things we got, and we got better. Right. And now they're vaccinating against all these things, and- and maybe they're all necessary, but are they all 
necessary to get 20-some shots to a kid before he's a year and a half old. But, but what's the, you see, the standard, Dr. Stu, especially w- with medical advancements, if the standard, when we have conversations like this, and you and I do, whether we're sitting here or over at Conrad's having a burger, if the standard is always going to be, well, jokingly, but seriously, my parents walked to school barefoot and they didn't get these vaccinations, they turned out fine. If that's always going to be the standard, if two or three generations back is always going to be the standard, you're really uh, handicapping yourself uh, to make the case for medical advancements. The idea is that, you know what, walking a school barefoot in in 12 degrees wasn't good for you. We're, you aren't no, you but, lucky you're not doing that anymore? But immense change without a lot of data isn't necessarily good for you either. And we really don't know where this is going to end up. We don't, we don't know. And I'm not saying that you people shouldn't do this. What I'm saying is that the Dr. Stu show needs to get a pediatrician on mm. as a guest so yep. that you can drill him with these questions because uh, oh wait i he, drill him now you don't drill you sit back no there. you're the question ask I'm, I'm, I'm the questionnaire i'm the nuance guy oh okay you're the question answer and i'm the nuance guy but anyway oh, i like that so it gets you got the, you got this all figured out it gets to the point where because of this sort of thing yeah, this right. sort of onslaught i have myself have been resistant to the flu shot i don't think i've ever had a flu shot in my entire life and yet i'm a healthcare worker and it's you know, highly recommended that healthcare workers get flu shots. And I've even seen ethical arguments that say if a healthcare worker doesn't get a flu shot, he's being self he or she's being selfish. I've had it like two times, for example. And it was both when I worked for Rick Dees. Of course, you remember Rick Dees in the morning, the great Rick Dees. And he was, uh, he, he wanted us all to get, uh, you know. Was he just afraid of catching something? Yeah, he was paranoid. Yeah. So you'd go in there and he'd be there at Kiss FM. Oh, it's 102.7. Kiss FM, Rick D's in the morning and everybody here is getting a flu shot. You'll be injected whether you want it or not. So roll up your sleeves because your boss is injecting you today. It's a wonderful Monday. Ghostbusters, Ray Parker Jr. Thanks, Rick, for joining the Dr. Stu podcast. So that's how it went. And then he'd finish doing that and he'd say, Brian, roll up your sleeve. And then I get the shot. And then the next day I felt lethargic. And then I did it two years in a row. I felt lethargic. Last time I did it was 15 years ago. But with the tussle and hustle I've had over the last three weeks with something that feels flu-like, I'm going to visit my local pharmacist and get the $25 flu, flu shot. Yeah, the, the issue, however, is is that you're, if you're already starting to not feel good, getting a flu shot isn't probably going to help you that Well, much. this was my question. He hasn't really answered it yet because right. he was busy. But I was trying to say to him, I've already dealt with flu-like stuff, not full-blown flu, knock on wood, but I've dealt with flu-like stuff this flu season already. Am I already sort of immune to any greater flu? Or in a month from now, could I get the yes. you know, hit with the big daddy? Yes, that, that would be the answer. So it's not not too late to get the flu shot. They Good. recommend getting anywhere from October to March, I think, that you should get it. But I'm 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 going to lean if I start to recommend the flu shot that if you can get them in October or November, that's when you should probably get them because so you're getting one. Uh, well, probably too late this year to get one. If but if I'm I, not too late, why would you be too late? Well, why don't we why don't we do it together? Why don't why don't we do something kind of fun? Why don't you and I just uh, why don't I wear your varsity jacket? And you can wear my uh, AM870 The Answer jacket. I want your bracelet. I want your Brian. Do you want my charm? My, my Brian, your, your name bracelet. Okay. Can yeah. I have your varsity jacket? <laughs> you can wear my varsity jacket. Okay. And we'll Brian. go to the pharmacy and we'll get our flu shots together. Yes. And then we can go for a walk on the beach afterwards. And right down the street is 31 Baskin Robbins. Very nice. Are you buying? Huh? Am I buying? <laughs> Are you buying? Well, oh, buying. Yeah. Well, sure, I'll buy. Okay. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> it's technically not too late, but a lot of interesting information about vaccines here. And well, parents, of course, parents always care more about their kids than they do about themselves. Yeah. You know, I, I because of because of all this information and because I've been sick this past week and really had not a lot to do, I, 
I went into I, I went into do a little research about the flu vaccine because it really is something that seems to be pretty innocuous and it shouldn't be lumped in with all these other vaccines that are given to newborns. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about the, the prevention of the flu vaccine because because there are deaths from the flu every year and they usually occur in older people or they usually occur in uh, young people. Young and old, right? Well, no, usually people with immunocompromised situations or people who are at high risk because they have other medical problems. I see. It generally does isn't going to knock off a 40-year-old uh, healthy person or a 20-year-old healthy person. Right. But it's certainly going to make them sick. And those people, in turn, can if they catch the flu, can then pass it on to grandpa or grandma when they go to visit and stuff like that. So there is, a, there is an accumulation of data over the years that's beginning to change my mind and make me believe that possibly the flu shot is probably a good idea. And what I like to say is we used to, and I said it on the radio doing my Michael Jackson impression. That's horrifying. That's crazy. I love you. I love children. I never hurt a child. When Michael would talk that talk, I loved it. Thank you. I love Reepy, Marlon. It's wonderful. God bless you. I love children. He would walk around with the surgical mask and everybody said, and I did too, oh, he's a nut. He wasn't a nut. He was a pretty smart guy to be wearing that surgical mask. Like, well, like, no, no, he was a nut. Nah, well, maybe for other reasons. Yes. But when in Hollywood, you see a lot of folks from Europe. A lot of times it's Asian people. I don't want to stereotype, but it is. And you see them with the mask and you go, you know what? They're on to something. Because Dr. Stu, I thought of you the other day. I was watching Dallas Reigns on ABC7 here in Los Angeles where we do Dr. Stu's he's a He's the weather guy. The weather guy. He looks like a French fry. He's so tanned. And he's kind of moving around with a Doppler 7. He hangs out with John Boehner. Is that right? He, He's more orange. He's like brown. Boehner's okay. orange. He's crispy golden, Dallas Reigns. And it says right there at the bottom of the screen, it always says when you watch the TV news, Los Angeles air quality. And then there's an adjective. In this case, it was good. Los Angeles air quality, good. Yeah, right. And I'm going, good compared to what? Well, I don't know what you'd compare it to, but I remember when I first moved to Los Angeles, there was a brown haze over Los Angeles almost every day. And you don't, you don't really see that anymore. So there's been some good that's been done with the catalytic converters and all that stuff. I'm not sure where you're going with the uh, air yeah, No, air I just don't know. I, uh, oh, you're talking about the foreign travelers who wear masks? Right. I don't know why they do that. The particulate in the air and everything that's flying around? I mean... they well, well, A lot of them come from Hong Kong or someplace like that. Yeah, those aren't the cleanest oh, cities. it's awful if you've ever been there. I haven't. No, it's, it's, it's worse. It's yeah, worse. Oh, yeah, it's worse. Yeah, because the, the third world lives on diesel. And diesel is much worse, I think, than for the than environment the, than the unleaded, you know, high octane fuels we have here. And for the States. fumes that it emits into the atmosphere, right? Yeah, the third world to me when I traveled uh, smelled like diesel and urine, and that's what it smelled like. And is that the reason you come back, or or, or is that <laughs> is that in the brochure? Does it say come to exotic, um, you know, uh, uh, Bang, uh, Beijing, Jakarta? Yeah, come to Jakarta because it smells like diesel and urine. No, but if you if you look at the travel books, they do say that. I mean, the, the funny travel books that tell you where to go smoke opium and where to go, which are the best temples to go to and that sort of thing. They tell, they're very cl uh, clear about that. That's what the world, third world smells like. So in Jakarta, in your uh, trips, Dr. Stu, like when you go to a restaurant, they'll say booth or table. Do they say to you diesel or urine? When <laughs> no. you come up, they give you, we're, <laughs> no. we're being funny today, I think. Yes. They hand you your menu and they say diesel or urine and you say, a party of two, urine, okay, right yeah, this way. Right, right, the outside, inside, right. No, no, they don't do that. I think it's a very important time to let people know what more do people know need to know about vaccines. Well, and, and specifically, as we always do here on Dr. Stu's podcast, thank you for downloading it at iTunes and for giving the doctor five stars and a nice review. What's really the most important thing for uh, moms, 
for women who are expecting or are a new mom, have the baby, baby's been born? What's the most important well, let, let's thing? Well, talk, let's talk about pregnancy and, and the flu vaccine because that's, you know, again, where my specialty is and where I've read recommendations about it. And there's been enough research about the flu vaccine now to believe that if you use the inactivated flu vaccine, that there's never been a reported uh, adverse uh, uh, effect from the vaccine. There's been no case reports of any side effects from getting this vaccine other than, as you said, maybe a low grade, uh, you know, not feeling well for a day or two after the after the um, after the shot. The recommendation by the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, which, again, as you know, I don't always agree with their recommendations. I look at them very carefully right. because two thirds of them are based solely on opinion and on no science. But this one I tend to start to lean against. And it's not just because I had the flu, but I think having the flu. I think they're calling you. Oh, is that? Uh, yeah. Oh, Brian left yeah. his phone on. Is it uh, is it President Obama? Is it President Obama? <laughs> it might be President. It might be Obama. Rick D's calling to be mad at you or no, something. No, no, like is it President Obama? That's true. Oh, it is. It's President Obama. I'm getting a text. I'm watching you on the on on the webcam, and then he writes, "It's not that sexy, man." Uh, I get yeah, that. I Mr. got President. that. All right. right. Okay. I'm sorry, but everybody's always calling because uh, you know they they. They just everybody wants to get in here, like yes. Dr. Stu and be on Dr. Stu's. Yeah, do, do you need to take a break or something? No, me? no, I don't. Do you want to get that call? No, that's natural. Is it it, your, it, it, it's not. No, it's nobody. It was, I, okay. it was probably a bill collector. It wasn't your land? I was going to say it's your landlord. Where's the rent? Right. right no, everything's fine. You, no, well, you were saying my friend. I was going to say that this is the recommendation by the American College, and it's something based on the fact that I think that pregnant women are more susceptible to the flu. And when they get a cold or a flu, it usually lingers and lasts a lot longer. And when they're not feeling well, that can't be really good for their fetus. So um, they say... Question. Question. Yes. If pregnant mom gets the flu, that fetus has the flu as well? Yeah, more or less. The fetus doesn't feel good and, and that sort of thing, too. The virus will cross the placenta, as will the mother's antibodies to I it. See. So, um, I see. I mean, the baby's pretty well protected. There are certain... Illnesses that the mother can get in pregnancy, which can be very serious for the fetus. The flu is certainly not one of them. I see. Uh, a dumb question, but I got to ask it. Uh, will a dad or a mom with a baby that's very late term, eight months, nine months, ready to, you know, ready to be born, will you ever hear that baby cough or sneeze? No, there's no air in there. So, they, so it's impossible. Yeah, you, they can't. They do. You, you can see them uh, hiccup. You can't when you're doing an ultrasound. You can, can you hear a hiccup? No, you can feel it because you just the, the, feel body, the, kicking, the baby's body the moves. The moving. Okay, right. interesting, interesting. Right, right. There's no sound in there simply because they you need air crossing your vocal cords in, in essence to make sound. Do you think it's quiet? This is, I, I, love, I love asking you questions like this. For a fetus in the womb, do you think it's quiet like, like white noise? Or is it quiet like, turn your mic off, I'll turn mic off for th uh, turn on my, three seconds. Is it quiet like this? I mean, is it nine months of that quiet? No, of course not. They can hear their parents' voices talking. They feel vibration. Uh, they can hear uh, ambient sounds. Uh -huh. uh, clearly, if you're in when you're high decibel sounds, they're going to hear that. They they do have they do startle inside with, in response to sound. So it's clear that they can hear and that it's not quiet in in there at all. It's okay. probably muffled a little bit. Sure, I mean you've got a layer of fat and blood, but they also can probably hear. The whooshing sound of the blood in the mother's big, great vessels that run right behind the uterus, the aorta or the iliac arteries. And, and that's why you've even seen those teddy bears they make for the for the crib that sit there and they go. Right. Right. 
Right. You should do that for that company. They should pay you to make that sound. Let me ask you a question. Oh, it's my Barry White. It's my Barry White voice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Say this. <clears throat> I'm going to get you a job. Say 94-7, the wave. 94-7, the wave. And now just <laughs> say, here's Sade. Here's Sade. Like, what are you doing Sundays between 2 and 7? I can probably get you a weekend shift over there. <laughs> that but was you, pretty good. But you have to have the flu. Uh, but yeah, it won't, be, I won't, it won't last much longer. <laughs> two weeks a year, you yeah, can You should have heard me last Tuesday. I really had the, I really had the fraud. Oh, you were really it going for it. Anyway, American College of Obstetric and Oncology says this. Pregnant women traditionally have been assigned priority in the allocation and prevention. Oops, wrong, wrong, wrong one. Okay. So I'm going to read the other. Uh, that's a different committee opinion about the ethics of getting everybody, flu vaccine to okay, mom, which I, which I would agree with. They have higher. They should have higher priority than the average citizen because right. they're the carrying the next generation. Sure. But the one that's talking about the flu vaccine um, for mom says preventing influenza during pregnancy is an essential element of prenatal care, and the most effective strategy for preventing influenza is annual immunization. The CDC. Uh, Recommends influenza vaccine for all women who will be pregnant through the influenza season, which is October through May. Ooh. The American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology uh, Committee on Obstetric Practice supports this recommendation. No study to date has shown an adverse consequence of inactivated, and I repeat, inactivated influenza mm. vaccine. Right. So make sure that that's what you're getting if you are getting a vaccine, because there is activated flu vaccine as well in pregnant women or their offspring. Vaccination early in the season and regardless of gestational age is optimal, so it's not something you have to wait till you're beyond the first trimester for. Right. But unvaccinated pregnant women should be immunized at any time during the influenza season as long as the vaccine supply lasts. Well, that's a duh at the end. But yeah, that's, an, uh, that's a gimme. Yeah, that's a duh. But um, so me, I'm not saying that, all, that everyone should follow this recommendation. I'm just saying that everyone should know about this recommendation and then each family has to make a decision for themselves. And you're also saying, if I may speak for you, you mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, tell me to be quiet. You also believe that it is in your health care, it, it is an obligation of your health care provider. Uh, um, I was going to say ladies, but they don't like me to say that. I'm going to say ladies, darn it. Ladies, women, it's in it's an obligation of your healthcare provider to give you the good, the bad, the ugly, full informed consent on each one of these vaccines. Each one of these injections that goes into your baby's butt or the thigh or the or the bicep, you need informed consent on everything. And I know I'm sh I know women who are new moms and they go, oh, I don't want to ask her. Usually it's a her. I don't want to ask her so many questions. She'll get pissed off at me, the doctor. Right. Well, then either you need to do your own research or you need to find a doctor that you can approach who's not going to get pissed off at you for asking these questions. They're very legitimate questions, especially for first-time moms who, who are really nervous and anxious about it. By the time you've had your third or fourth kid, you know, it's just like, okay, give them the shot. I don't care. Have the kid at the 7-Eleven. You're an old pro. Yeah, that's the thing. But but I think that, uh, you know, not only is it an obligation for them to be given informed consent, but I myself am rethinking the idea that, you know, I'm not against hospitals or Rick D's or anybody or employers mandating that their employees have the flu vaccine or they can't work here but what anymore. about when Rick and but, his wife strapped me down and put me in a five point uh, a five point strap well, down? I, I, this is a, this is a civil rights sort of uh, <laughs> argument for actually it is, it I'm, is. I'm kidding about Rick but you because know. there are people who don't want to be vaccinated and there are hospitals that have fired them or laid them off or put them on at, you know, administrative leave because they're refusing to get a vaccine that they're not sure is a good idea to get. Now, again, scientific evidence to this point doesn't show that there's a big problem with that. But I understand that you didn't feel good after you've had the vaccine. If you've had a bad experience with the vaccine, yeah. 
But I'm gonna Why try, would you want to get that? I'm going right. to try again tomorrow because it's been so many years and I'm 41 now and I'm feeling like I'm tick, tick, ticking. Yeah. So I want to take care. Yeah. And I'm please sure that please this, don't, please this don't podcast say, will probably de- uh, develop some controversy. Uh, not maybe as much say, as the Coachella one did, but. but please please but, don't say yes when I feel like my life is tick, tick, ticking away. Please say Did some, I say yes? Yeah. Please say oh, something sorry. doctoral. Oh, like, you've, got, you've got 50, 60 years left, Brian. Thank you so much, doctors, too. Right. Let me ask you a. Um, yeah. So uh, to what do you. Two more things very quickly. Number one, to what do you attribute scientifically, medically, the lethargic feeling that a Brian Whitman or a Dr. Stu or anybody listening or a Sarah Avalos has the day after you get the flu shot. To what do you attribute that uh, lethargic feeling? Where's that come from? Well, I think you're you're getting you're getting uh, attenuated uh, live virus. Okay, it's an inactivated live virus. Your body is going to react to that. Some people will react uh, by you know by their immune system over, you know uh, overdoing things and you'll get a low grade fever because that's how your body reacts to a foreign invader and then you just feel aching and that's just normal sometimes it's just a local muscle reaction as well you can have a little inflammation from the area where you got the shot and that hurts and that you know that bothers you but most of the time it is a transient effect it's not going to be something that's going to keep you from going to work or anything in that nature it's okay. not that severe so the second thing I have to ask you final question this is a little bit trippy we were talking earlier about the fetus like eight months nine months ready to pop a kid who's ready to come on out and meet the world and I asked you if it's silent in there and you said no it's not silent I mean there are layers of fat protecting the fetus but they hear mom and dad's voice and certainly mom feels the baby kicking and, and oh they hear music they hear honking they hear noise they, right yeah. the supermarket they know the sounds rock of the concerts world. hockey right. games that sort of thing which is probably what makes them they'd be so freaked out had they never heard those things before when they came into the world you know it's probably a good thing it's that, all new to them it's I mean, all new yeah, to them yeah my question for you have you ever met a young person and i'll have to do some online stuff this and late night internet whitman thing have you ever met a very young person an articulate intelligent very young person who actually is a as a, as a human has dreams of being a fetus have you ever heard that? Oh, sure. I mean, there there are people with even I love pa- this. past life dreams that, that go on. But yeah, the past life dream is one thing. But if you're 18 months old. There are people who old, have regression things and go through therapy and they try to remember their time in the womb. And, you know, do I believe that? Um, I have no reason to believe it or not to believe it. I, I, I've never experienced it myself. But I would never doubt somebody who says that they've gone. And I would, I would scratch my head and look at them a little bit funny for the, and, and because you tend not to remember. Because a friend of mine has a six, has a six month old baby with no life experience. When she puts her head to sleep and and lays down, she's so cute, and she goes to bed. What can she dream about? She can only dream about what she knows, and all she knows is mommy and daddy's love and being held in in this pushed in the stroller. And before that, it's months and months of gestating inside a womb. Yeah, so you're Surely saying she'll you're dream saying, about do that, babies right? dream inside the womb? I don't know. Um, they maybe dream about the only experiences they have inside the womb. You know, there's this there's this famous uh, uh, meme out there with uh, two twins sitting next to each other, and one of them says, "You know, um, do you believe in God?" Uh-huh. And the other twin says, "Well, I've never seen God, so I, you know, do I believe in? Him? I don't know if I believe in." The other one says, "Do you believe in mom?" And I, and the one says, well, I, you know, I've never, you know, I've never seen, of course I believe in mom. Well, how, well, why would you believe in mom? You've never seen her. Right. Okay. But they, there's an experience yeah. outside of them. And so I don't, I don't really know whether that, but I think the dreaming uh, certainly is something the mind is always firing and, and my dreams are crazy. They have no relation to reality sometimes. And yeah. sometimes it could be a movie that I watched that night and you dream and about I'm in it. it. Yeah. And right. And I'm in it. So I, I mean, and that makes sense. And sometimes I wake up remembering them. Sometimes I wake up not. I just want, you know, I would, last thing I would say is that 
Little kids have all, all life experiences. They're little sponges. Their little brains are picking up everything. Whether you're one week old, six weeks old, six months old like your friend's baby. You're seeing, you're smelling, oh, you're feeling. Yeah, you're smelling, you're, you're, you're hearing things, you're sensing things, you're, you're, you're picking up on everything, you're listening to something that's in the other room, you, you know what nipples taste like, you know what they don't taste like, you know what your hairy dad's chest is like, and you, you know, you, 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 you're holding you while they're watching TV and you're hearing something. Of course they have, they all, they have life experiences. They're, they don't live in bubble wrap in a, in a vacuum, in a silent vacuum. That's great. If you have a question for Dr. Stu, ask Stu at gmail.com. That's the website. Ask Dr. Stu. That's the email address. Ask Stu at gmail.com. Right here, Dr. Stu's podcast. You can listen right here on the website. You can click on the links in the blogs to the right, or you can just subscribe on iTunes and you'll be notified every time there's a brand new episode of Dr. Stu's podcast. And I also like to say, besides getting the flu vaccine, there's lots of other things that you should be doing when you're pregnant or you're not pregnant to stay healthy. You know, I do believe in vitamin C. I do believe in vitamin D. There is uh, some evidence in the homeopathic world that high doses of vitamin D up like 5,000 a day are, are better than the flu vaccine at preventing at least serious flu illnesses. So take care of yourself, get plenty of sleep, chicken soup. There's probably some uh, uh, homeopathic remedies in chicken soup, Sure, but lots of vitamins and eat healthy, get lots of, and as I said, get lots of sleep. But also, um, seriously look into the flu vaccine for all you people out there to decide whether that's something that you want to do in your, in your specific family. Thanks for the advice, Dr. Stu. And thank you for joining us here on Dr. Stu's podcast. For Dr. Stuart Fishbein, I'm Brian Whitman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>